Today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. How do we, for immediate gratification, throw away our birthright? Through addictions? I just need that. If I, if I had that, everything would be fun. And then suddenly it's controlling your life. It's, it's got your life. It's sucking the very life out of you. Unforgiveness. Instead of working through a problem, just cutting it off. Through immediate gratification, setting yourself up for, in essence, failure. Deceiving other people. Sin, sin in every, yeah, sin, sin covers the wide gamut of it all, absolutely. Hey, let me, let me ask you this one. How many of you have plastic in your wallets? Is that sometimes immediate gratification? We can look at Esau and judge him for giving up his birthright for some measly stew. However, in today's message, Pastor David reminds us that we do the same thing all the time. We think we will be happy and content if we can just get that one thing, whether it be a car, a nice vacation, even a delicious meal. There's always something we think we need. We seek to gratify our immediate desires, often at the expense of our long-term comfort and God's plan for our future. Don't be like Esau. Now here's Pastor David with part one of today's message from the book of Genesis chapter 25 entitled, Jacob. start in Genesis chapter 25, and we're going to begin in verse 20. Isaac, who was who? Who was Isaac? Abraham's son, the the son of promise, okay? Not like Ishmael, the son of the bondwoman. He is the son of promise. So when Isaac was 40 40 years old, when he took Rebekah as his wife, the daughter of Bethuel, the Syrian of Padan Aram, the sister of Laban, the Syrian. You know, it's amazing how we read the Bible right now, and today's uh, events and news are all over the Bible. You know, as we're like, what's going on in Syria? Man, all the massive turmoil and, and the disarray and, and all that's going on there. Man, it's right here. We're reading the, the beginnings of it right here as we look. Now, Isaac pleaded with the Lord for his wife because she was barren, and the Lord granted his plea, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. But the children struggled together within her, and she said, If all is well, then why am I like this? So she went to inquire of the Lord. You know, I I look at that and I think, uh, I I can just imagine Isaac saying, now, now, honey, everything's going to be okay. Everything is fine. Everything's fine. That's why, if everything's fine, then why am I like this? Okay. Why is this battle raging? So she kind of said, okay, I'm going to go talk to the Lord because Isaac probably didn't have it. He didn't have a clue, uh, like most of us guys on those things. Verse 23, and the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb. Two people shall be separated from your body. One people shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. So when her days were fulfilled for her to give birth, indeed, there were twins in her womb. And the first came out red. He was like a hairy garment all over. So they called his name Esau. 
And afterward, his brother came out, and his hand took hold of Esau's heel. So his name was called Jacob. And Isaac was 60 years old when she bore them. So the boys grew, and Esau was a skillful hunter, a man of the field. But Jacob was a mild man, my New King James Version says, dwelling in tents. Now, I want to ask you, does anybody have any other modern versions, i.e. like the NIV or one of the others? Julie, what does is, what is yours say about Jacob was a what? A quiet man. Anybody? A peaceful man. Okay. A gentle man is another word of way of putting it, okay? Uh, and, and dwelling in tents. And, and Isaac loved, verse 28, Isaac loved Esau because he ate his game. But Rebekah loved Jacob. Now, right here is where I want to start with some questions for you. This is right where I want you to really get your mind working. Now, trying as hard as you can to disregard all the other events that you probably already know about Jacob and Esau and their story. Uh, Isaac liked Esau, and Rebekah liked Jacob. Do you think that that's going to be a problem in the family situation? Do you think that that might cause... How come you're not like your brother Jacob? How come you're always doing this? How come you don't do this? And how come you don't man up like your brother Esau? You know, how come you're always just dwelling in the tents, hanging out, cooking with your mom? Why don't you come out here and go hunting? You know, these kinds of battles that that are going on. And when kids are little, do you think words like that impact them? Forever. Forever. Thank you, ma'am. Forever. I can remember words as a kid. Then an uncle of my, no, it was my grandfather. My grandfather told me, and I'll just tell you this silly, silly little story. I was probably like eight years old, and I wanted to help. And so it was like after dinner. So I grabbed one of the uh, rags, and I was wiping down the table. Thought I was helping. My grandfather, I love the man, bless his heart. But he says, what are you doing? All you're doing is just moving the stuff around. You're not really cleaning. And you know what? I'm 60 years old, and I remember that to this day. And so now every time I clean the table, it's like, okay, I need to make sure I clean this thing. I don't want to just move this stuff around. (laughs) I mean, we impact each other with words. You know the old deal, you know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. That's a lie because words do impact you. And attitudes of parents towards your children will impact your children well, well into their adulthood. Okay? Careful parents. I mean, is there anything wrong? You know, uh, some commentators say that uh, because uh, Jacob dwelt in the tents, they they felt that he was probably, instead of just being a mama's boy at home, which some people kind of really effeminate him, uh, if that's the right word, uh, put him, you know, in that way. Uh, Some say, no, he he probably dealt a lot with shepherding and just kind of close in the area rather than going out on these hunting expeditions like Esau. We do see his shepherding skills a little bit later when he goes to his uh, future father-in-law's house. But there's nothing wrong with that. Is there anything wrong with going out hunting, guys? No, no, there's nothing wrong with going out hunting. Is, is there, Cody? Okay, okay, I just want to make sure. Because, again, it's just different aspects and different perspectives of different people. It's what we do with these things. It's what we do with these giftings. And rather we become antagonistic toward each other versus being, a, you know, you're, you're different than I am, but that's okay. You are my brother. You're, you're my sister in Christ. And uh, don't allow the differences to become a, a point uh, of, like we shared Sunday, a wall between us. 
You know, let those differences be those things that, man, encourage us and challenge each one of us, okay? Let's, let's move on. So here we are, these, these two men. Also, we see that from, from the, what the Lord tells uh, Rebecca in this is they're going to be the heads. They're going to be the leads of two nations. They're going to go two different ways totally. So Esau's descendants become the Edomites. Jacob's descendants become the Israelites, and from that moment on, they, they literally are in, in battle, till finally, God eventually destroys the Edomites totally, wipes them out totally. Edom, for the most part, stands pretty much as a symbol of earthiness and non-spirituality, okay? Non-spiritual people of the world, just very earthy people. So, when we look at this birth of the two, one of the things we see Esau was the firstborn. Verses 29 through 34, we're not going to read them, but in essence, Esau is the one who should have the birthright because he is the oldest. You and I in our culture, we don't really understand all of that. We want to split 50-50 with our kids. We want to make sure that everybody gets their equal share. In that culture, that would have never worked. Somebody needed to have the boost to keep the family going and to keep everything going. And so the firstborn usually was the case, except when God steps in. And we see, again, in the whole uh, um, uh, lineage of Christ that there were several times that God stepped in and, and, and just did it different than that. But by and large, the firstborn got the birthright. Well, Esau, again, if, if you consider, again, the idea of, of kind of earthy, kind of not, not really spiritual, not really uh, thinking beyond uh, like his next meal. He's, he's that kind of a guy, okay? And uh, I, there, there's that kind of people in the world today. They don't think much beyond their next meal. There's not much investment in the future, not much care or concern for the future. I just want to know what's going to happen tomorrow. Esau kind of symbolizes that kind of guy. He goes out hunting. He comes back. He's really, really hungry because apparently he didn't do really good while he was hunting that time. Otherwise, he had had something to eat. He comes back, and his brother Jacob is there making this stew. And so he comes up, hey, give me some of the stew. But Jacob, because of the deceitful little guy that he is, says, no, you can't have the stew unless you give me your birthright. That's a lot of brotherly love. And, and again, that's been fostered by the parents, folks. Okay, It's been fostered by the parents. So we can blame it all on Jacob, and Jacob does, you know, we, we all stand before the Lord ourselves. But again, the investment of the parents in that, I believe, kind of set the stage for this. No, you give me your birthright first, and at that point, hey, what good is a birthright? I'm going to die anyway. Okay, you can have it. Just give me some stew, and that'll get me through the day. And so in verse 34, it says, And Jacob gave Esau bread and the stew of lentils, why would you sell your birthright for a stew of lentils anyway? And then he ate and drank and rose and went his way. And it says, thus Esau despised his birthright. He despised his birthright. A little bit later, we see similar battle. We, we skip over Isaac and Abimelech and the whole situation. But no, she's my sister. Go ahead and take her. Steve talked about that last week. Um, we will skip that. Let's go on to chapter 27 where we skip back over to uh, the blessings that need to come. And again, I'm going to summarize this portion here. Prompted by his mother, Jacob deceives his father, masquerading as his brother Esau. Esau, uh, Isaac had come. He knew he was getting old. He told Esau, hey, go 
go out and kill me something good to eat, come bring it back, make it like you, you know I love it. And so while he's gone, Rebecca comes, gets Jacob, says, hey, you need to go here. I'm, I'm going to fix this up just like your dad makes it. I'm going to, you know, and then I want you to go in, give it to your dad, pretend that you're Esau. Well, Jacob says, hey, I don't even look like Esau. I, I, I don't smell like Esau. I'm not hairy like Esau. And mama says, that's okay. I'll take care of you, honey. Uh, we, we talked a few weeks ago about helicopter parents. Uh, here's, here's a great example. You know, she's going to make sure that everything is okay with her baby. You've got to understand that Jacob's a, a grown man by this time, and yet mom is going to take care of things. So she helps him to deceive Isaac through this, putting animal skin on him. So not only do you smell, he puts uh, Esau's uh, clothes on, he smells Esau, he feels the animal skin, he eats the soup, and again, Isaac buys into the whole thing. It's interesting through all of this is as he gives me, or as he gives that uh, blessing to him, then again, uh, uh how do, how, do we, how do we deal with that in, in trickery and deceit, yet somehow God is working through that? We'll deal with that in a minute. But one of the other things that you need to see is, in the midst of this deceitfulness, Isaac asks him, says, wow, how did you do this so quick? You already went out, you got the game, you came back and cooked it already. How did you do that so quickly? Look at chapter 27, verse 20, and listen to Jacob, the deceiver's Answer, Isaac said to his son, how is it that you found it so quickly, my son? And he said, oh, it's because the Lord our God bought it to me. He's bringing God into the deception. Yeah. The Lord your God brought it to me. Again, bringing God into this deception and this deceit. How in the world can God bless that? I don't know about you, but that causes me, okay, how, how do you do that, God? But hang in there, okay? There'll be an answer later on in the quiz, okay? So he comes through, he feels, yeah, okay, you are Esau, and so he goes ahead and eats it. Then he gives the blessing over in verse 27. He came near and kissed him. He smelled the smell of his clothing. He blessed him and said, surely the smell of my son is like the smell of a field, which the Lord has blessed. Therefore, may God give you of the dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth, plenty of the grain and wine. Let peoples serve you and nations bow down to you. Be master over your brethren and let your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you and blessed be those who bless you. And as soon as he went out the door, Esau comes in from his hunting. And he came in with a food, he brought it to his father, and he said, Here, let my father arise and eat of your son's game, that your soul may be blessed. And in verse 32, Father Isaac said to him, Well, who are you? And so he said, Well, I'm your son, your firstborn, Esau. And Isaac trembled exceedingly. Trembled exceedingly. He said, Who? Where is the one who hunted game and brought it to me? I ate all of it before you came, and I blessed him. And indeed, he shall be blessed. And when Esau heard the words of his father, he cried with an exceeding great and bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me also, O my father. But he said, No, your brother came with deceit, and he's taken away your blessing. And Esau says, Is he not rightly called deceitful or trickster. Jacob. 
for he has supplanted me these two times. He took away my birthright. Now, whose fault was that? Okay. Was that Jacob's fault, really? Or was that Esau? Hey, I really don't care. So, uh, you know, I just thinking about that, you know, he, he tricked me these two times. No, one, you set yourself up for, okay, but I will give him the second one. And then he says, haven't you reserved some kind of a blessing for me? And over in verse 39, he gives, Behold, your dwelling shall be of the fatness of the land, of the dew of the heaven from above. By your sword you shall live, and you shall serve your brother. And it shall come to pass, when you become restless, that you shall break his yoke from your neck. So not nearly as nice of a blessing as he got before. Let me ask you this. One thing, for immediate gratification, Esau threw away the priceless treasure of his birthright. Do people do that today? How do we, for, for immediate gratification, throw away our birthrights? Through addictions? I just need that. If I, if I had that, everything would be fine. And then suddenly it's controlling your life. It's, it's got your life. It's sucking the very life out of you. Unforgiveness. Instead of working through a problem, just cutting it off. Through immediate gratification, setting yourself up for, in essence, failure. Deceiving other people. Sin, sin in every, yeah, sin, sin covers the wide gamut of it all, absolutely. Hey, let me, let me ask you this one. How many of you have plastic in your wallets? Is that sometimes immediate gratification? I really can't afford this, but you know what? I got like a $500 limit yet on my card, so I can go out and get it now. Okay, uh, there he goes. He starts to preach it. Uh, but we do do those kinds of things. How about youth? In your youth, through immediate gratification, can you throw away your future? Promiscuity. Absolutely. Oh, it's just this one time, and you know he loves me. No, he doesn't. He just wants to use you. You know, that's the reality of it. Those kinds of things, then suddenly life changes. Life is it's suddenly, it's not where it was going to go. It changes. These immediate gratifications. So let me give you these. First of all, one of the things we know is that God has a purpose and a plan. Before these two were ever even born, God told Rebecca that, you know what? These two shall be there. And you know what? The younger one is going to serve, or the older one is going to serve the younger one. There will be two nations there. God had already planned that and purposed that. Do you think that God needed trickery for that to happen? I don't believe so either. But one of the things that I see God doing in a multitude of ways, not only here, but uh, I mean in, in lives in general, even today, that God will, will accomplish his purpose in spite of our human frailty and even our human sin and deceit. If God has a purpose and a plan, he's going to work it out. Now the trick is, is are we going to enjoy the ride? Or are we going to have to be drugged through it all? You know the little uh, footprints deal? You know footprints in the sand? I saw two sets of prints. Suddenly there was only one. My child, that's when I had to carry you. And then there's another one that says, and, and, and I saw these uh, long scraping marks. Well, you know, the, the one set of footprints is when I was carrying you. The long scraping parts is when I had to drag you through it. 
because you just weren't you 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 weren't allowing me to work in your life, but I was going to get you where you needed to be anyway. How many of us? How many of us have worn out heels from being drugged? Yeah, God will work His purpose out. God does, and sometimes we get to enjoy the ride. Sometimes we fight the ride the entire time, and we don't enjoy the final destiny even. We should value the inheritance of all that God has planned and purposed in our lives. And we should honor that and cherish it in our lives. God has shown and demonstrated himself so many ways. Not only just in the word, as important as this is, but in lives that probably you know and that you've seen. Maybe in your own life he showed himself really powerful in the past. Are we going to neglect that? Are we going to reject that? For something as, as foolish as a, as a bowl of lentil soup. For something as temporary as the joy of a pleasure of a moment. Or do, are we going to cherish what God has done, what God continues to want to do in our lives? There's so much that we, we can see as an heir of Christ. We're studying on Sunday mornings in Ephesians. We've already talked about the fact that, man, we've been seated in the heavenlies with Christ. Uh, the, the riches of Christ are, are ours. Do we, do we show contempt for that spiritual inheritance? Or do we honor it and bless it and, 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 and cherish it in our lives? Let's move on. Um, after this deceitfulness, uh, believe it or not, Esau gets really ticked. And so uh, verse 41 of chapter 27, Esau got upset at his brother Jacob. Uh, I'm not sure what your versions have on that. Hated, not upset. No, he hated him. He hated him. He hated him because of the blessing. And, uh, and, and Esau said in his heart, the days of mourning for my father are at hand. And then I'm going to what? Kill my brother. That's not just a little bit of upset because he knocked over my Lego house. That, that's, that's a hate that, that's going to go in there. And that's what's going on. Rebecca heard about you know, these things, what was going to happen. So again, helicopter mama comes in again, hovering over the whole thing. And she comes in and she says, I'm going to fix it. I'll, I'll take care of this. Look, get out of here. Go back to where my family is from and uh, just kind of stay there. Be cool down. And then she comes in and again deceives Isaac into saying that, again, he's going there to, to find, a, find a wife. Uh, she tell her, Isaac then calls Jacob to himself in verse, uh, chapter 28, verse 1. Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and charged him and said to him, You shall not take a wife from the daughters of Canaan. Arise, go to Padan Aram, to the house of Bethuel, your mother's father. Take yourself a wife from there, from the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. This wasn't Isaac's idea. This was Rebecca's idea. And it was not because so much she wanted the, the, the wife from back over there as much as she wanted her little boy to live uh, another day. So get out, be gone, go get a wife from someplace else. So all of this went down. And again, the principles, the things that we see in here is that deceit breeds hatred. Trickery breeds hatred even among brothers.
We're so glad you took the time to listen to The Open Word. Pastor David has been sharing studies on biblical characters, each varied and full of lessons we can benefit from. Though these characters lived long ago, their stories, emotions, and responses to situations mirror those that we have today. Their lives may not be as different from our own as we'd expect. If you'd like to explore more character studies, we'd encourage you to visit our website, theopenword.com. Just click on Teachings at the top of the page to find our library of past messages. While you're at our website, you'll be able to learn more about Pastor David and the heart behind the ministry of The Open Word. Pastor David is the senior pastor at Calvary Chapel Casa Grande, and he'd like to extend to you a personal invitation before our time is up today. Oh, absolutely. We here at Calvary Chapel Casa Grande, we've got a seat waiting for you at our worship services. Come by on Saturday or Sunday or even Wednesday if you like, and we guarantee you'll meet some smiling faces and discover more about Jesus. We're nothing special as a church, just a diverse group of Jesus-loving people who delight in the challenge of the truth of God's Word. Come as you are, and you'll fit right in. You'll be able to find out more about us when you visit our website, theopenword.com. Thanks, Pastor David. That website, once more, is theopenword.com. Just follow the link to our church's homepage. We're excited to see you. Thanks for tuning in today to The Open Word. 